right. Morning, Life Point Church. How are we doing? Yes, doing great. Man, um, so, so good uh, to see Mike and have him back as he's limping off in the back. He uh, stepped on something the other day, so he's got the little limp going on. But Mike, thanks for coming in and, and hanging out with us today and, and leading us in worship. It's always uh, a pleasure. So thank you for that. Um, today, we're starting a new message series called Friends. Um, how many of you all have ever watched the show Friends? Yeah, pretty much everybody. Quick story, um, I've been married for coming up on, what, 17 years? And probably for 15 and a half of those years, every night we've gone to bed with friends playing. For better or worse, right? That's what marriage is about, for better or worse. Um, but friends is a staple in our house. And, you know, what, what I want to do in this series, I, I think this series has the potential to, to truly transform our lives. Because our friends, the people that we bring into our inner circle, right, that are the closest to us, they matter. It's really important. Because I think if you get your friends right, right, you choose the right friends, the ones that are speaking life, you know, we talked about words, the ones that are speaking life over you, not death. If you get that right, man, it, it really has the opportunity to lead you into success. On the flip side, if you choose the wrong friends, if you're rolling with the wrong people, it can really lead to more pain, more stress, more destruction. Choosing your friends matters. Our friends are so important. In fact, the key thought for this series, and we're going to go to it each week, is this. If you want to see your future, right, if you want to see your future, take a good look at your friends. If you want to know where you're headed, if you want to know the direction of, of where you're going to be, look at your friends. Take a close look at their lives. The people that you spend the most time with. I'm not talking about like acquaintances, people that you're like trying to get to know, that you're um, investing in, you're, you know, maybe reaching out, trying to share Christ with them, or just, just hanging out with people. I'm talking about your inner circle, your closest friends. They will have a profound impact on the trajectory of your future. And not only is this a proven fact through studies, Lots of research, but like always, where do we go to? We go to scripture. It is incredibly, incredibly biblical. King Solomon, again, we're back in Proverbs. King Solomon says the exact same thing in Proverbs 13, verse 20, when he said, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Not may, but will suffer harm. So in other words, if you hang out with people who are wiser than you, right, who are smarter than you, who have better marriages than your marriage, that, that handle their money and manage their money better, uh, people that are better leaders than you, and, and people that have a closer and deeper relationship with Jesus, if you hang out with those people, you're going to become more like them. They're going to pull you up to their level. But again, in the same vein, if you hang out with people that are lazy, 
that are angry, bitter, hateful, super negative, right? Doesn't matter what happens, it's always negative, lack motivation, have no character, no motives, no purpose, they're not on mission. If you hang out with those people, they're going to pull you down to where they are. Your friends are important. And if you want to see your future, just take a very close look at your friends. Those who walk with the wise become wise. It's pretty simple, right? It's not rocket science. Science, Like that's what, again, I said this a couple weeks ago. I love passages of scripture like this because it's very simple. It's easy to digest. It's not complicated. Hang out with wise people, you become wise. Companion of fools, roll with the wrong people, not going to go real well. Going to suffer some harm, right? And for me, I don't know about you all, but when I look back over my life, when I think about the things that have happened that are good, right, the successes and the wins that I've had in life, I can always trace, trace that down and find those people that God placed in my life that helped lead me into that direction, that helped me to have those opportunities or set me up for that, or I learned from in order to get to that success or that level or whatever it may be. I can always trace it back to people. Equally, when I think back in, in my life, when I've uh, not done so well, right, when I messed up quite a bit in my younger days, I can always trace that back too to, man, I was rolling with some of the wrong people. Anytime that that happened, I was always with a certain group of people. It can trace back to our friends. I don't know, is that the same thing for you all? Like, when you think about your biggest screw-ups or those mistakes you made, was it always rolling with certain people? Like, you can always trace it back, maybe? Yeah, exactly. Because your friends matter. Whoever walks with the wise become wise. Companion of fools suffer harm. And so what I want to do today is we, as we start this series, I just want to build a foundation, right, of the importance of friendship and the friends that you choose, which I believe once we have that foundation, it'll help us to work through the next three weeks. And so, so naturally, the first thing that I want you to do as we're sitting here, and I'm going to talk a little bit, and you know, I know most of y'all can multitask um, because a lot of y'all are always texting anyways. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I know you can multitask. So what I want you to do is I want you to start thinking about in your head right now or even writing it down on a list, typing it uh, in your phone, whatever. But I want you to think about who are the closest people to you in your life? Like who are your closest friends? And we're not talking about family. I'm not talking about your, your spouse or your kids or your parents or your brother or sister. I'm talking about people that are outside of your family. Who are your closest friends? The ones that are in your inner circle. The ones that have access to you, right? The ones that know everything about you. That know your deepest, darkest secrets and they know yours, right? The ones that you call when you're broken and when you're hurt and when things aren't going well. The people that you first person you think to call outside of your family when something goes good, right? When you get that promotion, when you get that raise, when you, when you find out you're going to have a baby or whatever it may be, who are the closest people in your life, your inner circle? I want you to note that down or make a mental list in your head. And as you're doing that, I want to share with you something that, that leadership experts and uh, sociologists have been teaching like for years. 
And it's something that you've probably already heard in some way, shape, or form. Um, There's really nothing new under the sun. But man, I think this is so profound. And I think it helps us to begin to work through this concept of why our friends are so important. And why choosing the right friends and, and making those decisions really, really matters in our lives and for our future. And it's the principle, the theory that you are the average of your five closest friends. Like you are the average of your five closest friends. So as you're writing down this list or you're thinking through this list, you're you're probably sitting there thinking like chances are if you think about where they're at financially, like they, you may not be as good as them financially, but you know, of those three or four people, but you know, you're not the worst. You're kind of like in the middle, right? You, you, you just, you're, you're the average of your five closest friends. When you think about, you know, if you're, maybe you're spending all your time just partying, right? Like, I mean, be real with yourself. Maybe that's what you do. You're just out, you're out getting it. You're kicking it all the time, partying, having a great, great time, you know, may it seems. I guarantee you, if that's the case, you're probably your closest friends are doing the same thing. You're the average of your five, three or five, four or five closest friends. And if your relationship with God is thriving, right? If it's thriving, if you're connecting with him, growing spiritually, seeking him, then chances are, so are your friends. We are the average of our five closest friends because just like you were taught as a kid, you become who you hang out with. How many of you heard that growing up or your parents hit you with that a bunch? Yeah, I got that all the time. Like, sure, Dad. Okay. It's true. If you want to know your future, the direction that you're headed, take a close look at your friends. Like, seriously, take a close look at friends. And as you look at this list, it begs the question to be asked, are you hanging with the right people? Right? Are you connecting and hanging with the right people? Again, I'm talking your inner circle, your closest people. This is not, please don't hear what I'm not saying. This is not a message of, like, let's all be like this little Christian huddle and never go outside that. It's the furthest thing from what I'm saying. I'm talking about your closest. Those top five, six, seven people that are the closest to you, that have full access to you and you to them. Are you hanging with the right people? If you look at that list and you look at it, do you say things like, man, if I really want to strengthen my relationship with God, if I really want to grow financially, make smarter decisions, if I want to be a better leader, if I want to be a better husband or a better wife or a, a better employee, right? If I just want to be better, am I hanging with the right people or do I need to make some changes? Do I need to make some additions? Do I need to make some subtractions? What does my friend list look like? Are they breathing life into me? Are they speaking life? Am I speaking life into them? Or do we need to make some changes? You see, because if you want to have a stronger marriage, you have to hang out with people that have strong marriages. If you want to grow spiritually, You've got to connect and be with people that are seeking the same thing, inner circle. 
It's a must. We have to do that. When I'm talking about with people that are growing spiritually, don't just look at the surface. A lot of people are good at religion. We talk about that a lot, right? They're good at checking off boxes. They're good at playing the game. No, I'm talking about people that truly live out the gospel message of Jesus. Loving God, loving people, serving, right? They're truly living their faith out. Loving people, right? All people, which we need so much of today in 2021. We need it. Are you connecting with those people? Are those people in your inner circle? Your friends matter. And as we build this foundation in week one, one of the things that we need to do is we have to understand the definition of true friendship, right? Because let's face it, in 2021, friend means a variety of different things, right? It can, it can mean something like your best friend, your closest, your ride or die, the person that's been there for you your whole life and will always be there no matter what. Or it could also mean somebody that you've never even really met in your life on social media that's your friend because you follow them and they follow you, right? It, it could be a variety. So we need to really understand what a true friend is. And to do that, we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17. Again, very clear passage of scripture says this. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. Man, think about that. A friend loves at all times. How incredible would it be if we could honestly say that we have like five, six, seven, or eight people in our life that love you all the time, no matter what, like they truly, genuinely love you. That's what scripture says a real friend is. A true friend loves at all time, where they're like family. Like they, they truly are like family, iron sharpening iron, right? You learn from them. They learn from you. They're there for you in your darkest days. They're there to celebrate with you with no jealousy when you get a win, a true friend. You make each other better. They'll cry with you. They'll laugh with you. They'll love you enough to tell you when you're being an idiot. And still be there for you. I got a few of those in my life. They're good at it. I keep them busy. But that's what a true friend is. Someone that loves at all time. But the problem is, is that again, according to research that we're seeing coming out right now, very few of us actually have friends like that these days. The number of true friends that we really have is kind of on the decline. Maybe for you, and I asked you to write out that list, and I said inner circle, tight, like they know all your secrets, you know all theirs, they're there for you all the time. Maybe you struggle to come up with somebody. Or maybe you only had like one or two people. Statistically, that's, that's about where we're rolling right now. Statistically speaking, about, about the majority of American people only have two or three really close friends. That's it. Two or three. Which kind of sounds like, yeah, whatever. But when you think about it, think back like 20, 30 years ago, the average was people were having like six, seven, eight best friends, close friends. So we're on the decline. Like 
50% plus in our close, close friends. Studies are showing that the generation right now is some of the loneliest ever. COVID has not helped that. We feel disconnected. Even though we are like the most, we have technology that, that really connects us like never before, we feel so disconnected and isolated. Our friendships matter, and we need to pay attention to it. True friendship is on the decline, and that's a problem. Because as I've said plenty of times, one of the ways that God speaks to us is through his people. So we have to be connected with other people. True friends doing life together. It's important. It's, it's a must. But you see, we allow our busy schedules to get in the way. Right? Friendship, true friendship takes work. But it takes a back seat sometimes to, you know, our jobs. We got some, some of us working like two and three jobs, and we got two and three side hustles also going on. We got so much going on. We're carting the kids all over the city, you know, to this and to that. We're like an Uber driver for our family. You know, it's the way I feel most of the time. You know, we've got so much going on. We're at work. We're on call. We're connected. They always want to have access to us. I mean, it's just we're constantly busy, so true friendship kind of takes a back seat. Again, communication, even though we have more opportunities for connection, I mean, it's, it's through technology, it's kind of become a little bit watered down. And I love it. Like, we are living in the greatest communication shift in like 500 years, like when you really break it down and think about it. And I love it. I'm all for it. I'm on board. But it does somewhat begin to water down, like, what true connection looks like, what true connection is what intimate relationship and connection is. We've got to be very careful with that. And again, like I said, COVID hasn't helped this. Some of us have been locked up in our houses for, for a year, more than a year now. We don't go out much. We don't do a lot of things, you know, and that's, and that's perfectly fine. Like, no shade on that. Like, I get it. Like, we need to be safe. We need to take care of things. But it's created a situation where it's, it's potentially hurting our relationship, our opportunities to connect. So we have to be aware of this. True friendship, loving at all times, is so important. The friends that you choose, right, the ones that you allow into your inner circle, have the ability to speak life, lead you in a successful, positive, healthy direction, loving direction, leading you more towards Jesus or into whatever direction you're, that's positive for you, in addition to Jesus, or they can lead you down a road not going to be good. We've got to pay attention. We need to choose our friends and choose them wisely. So for the next three weeks, we're going to really specifically focus in on the friends that we need, right? The friends that you need in your life. We're going to look at being maybe one friend away from your life being radically different. One community away from changing the game for you. And in the last week, we're actually going to look at maybe some of the friends we need to unfriend. A tough thing. But we probably all have some people that we can love from a distance. I'm not saying like you cut them off altogether, but I'm talking inner circle. Remember that. Maybe they don't need to be there. 
And we're going to look at that and we're going to work through that. But for today, right, don't worry, I'm not just starting. We are wrapping up, I promise. But today, before we can get into truly looking at the kind of friend we need, I want you to really think about this week the friend that you need to be. Right? Friendship isn't about take, take, take. No, you've got to be a good friend as well. I don't know that you can really have a good friend if you don't know how to be a good friend. And so that's where we're going to focus our time today. And while I could probably come up with dozens of things to share on characteristics and what it looks like and what it takes to be a good friend, um, I want you all to be my friend, so I'm only going to share two of them. Is that cool? All right. So we're going to look at these two, and these two that I think are some of the most important for us today when it comes to us being a good friend. So what does it take? The first thing I want to look at is, again, here in 2020, living through the greatest communication shift in 500 plus years in the middle of a global pandemic, I think in order for us to be a good friend, one of the things that we have to do is we have to be present. We have to be present. And again, with everything that we've gone through, we actually have to relearn how to be present. And present means a lot of different things. One, yes, there is a physical, physical component of being physically present with other people. So powerful, so important to our human experience. We are wired to be in connection, physically present with people. But equally as important is emotional presence. We have to be emotionally present. I want to talk about each real briefly. Physical presence. This is, I'm not even going to lie, this is kind of tough to talk about right now. It's really touchy. It's really complex. And so give me grace if I say something that you disagree with. That's perfectly okay. I'm sorry. I love you all. I'm just going to clarify and say that now. But face-to-face presence is powerful. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. I mean, there is something about just being with other people. There's been times in my life where I was broken and I was hurting, and just someone else's presence encouraged me and lifted me up. Not anything that they said, just their presence. It's, it's powerful. It's powerful for spiritual growth and discipleship. Think about Jesus and how he led his disciples. He didn't call them and say, hey, like, I'm going to give you a list of things that you need to do. Like, you know, here's a scroll. Go do these things. No, he said, follow me. Come with me. Come do ministry alongside me. He took them with him city to city as he did his work. They learned directly from him. They were with him. They were present. And there is power in presence. And again, I know being physically face-to-face is not right for everybody right now. And that's okay but we can still be creative and find ways to be present with each other. Again, technology, thank God for technology right now, that we have that opportunity through Zoom, FaceTime, Google Meet, um, Google Duo, or whatever. I'm trying to think of all the Google things that I hate. Um, I'm an Apple guy, sorry. Again, there you go. If I offended you, deal with it. Apple all the way. Um, But there's all these different platforms that we can use to actually still face-to-face connect with people during this time. That's important, to be able to talk with one another, see each other's facial expressions, cry with each other, laugh with each other, encourage each other. 
We have to find ways to do that. Weather's getting better. We can get outside in open spaces. If you're not comfortable being here with us at LifePoint, man, we'd love to create more space where we can do things outside, where we can be together. But physical presence is powerful and it is important. We can be creative. And hopefully one day we won't have to be anymore. But we've got to make being present a priority in some way, shape, or form. Emotional presence, so, so powerful. You can be physically present with someone and emotionally, mentally, hundreds of miles away. I'll be honest with you guys, I became a pro with that. When I was the pastor at the church and still at Brooklawn working like 60 hours a week as a director of a psychiatric facility and had all these different things going on, I was a pro at coming home, being exhausted, being in the physical presence of my wife and two kids and being 100 miles from them mentally, not being emotionally present. You can be detached. And in order to be the kind of friend that we need to be, you've got to be both physically but also emotionally present man think about think about how different your family would be how different your marriage or your relationship would be how different your friendships would be with every time you had communication with them whether it be physically present or just over the phone or whatever you were a hundred percent dialed in and locked into them emotionally emotionally present man it would be a game changer Emotional presence is so powerful. You have to be present to be a good friend. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25 says this. Let us, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Fire verse right there just by itself, right? Let us think of ways to motivate one another of, with, uh, to acts of love and good works. And he says, and let us not neglect our meeting together. Let us not neglect our meeting together. The Greek word that's used here in this verse is used two times in the Bible, and it means to meet physically for spiritual purposes. So it's not just to meet together, but for spiritual purposes. That's what we're doing today here in person at LifePoint, but I also believe that that's what we're doing online for those of you that are joining us man we are present together for spiritual purposes to grow to know jesus more to come together to encourage one another to boost each other to cheer each other along man that's what we're here we're present with one another it says and let us not neglect our meeting together as people do but encourage one another especially now that the day of the return is drawing near we've got to be present with one another there's power and presence, both physical and emotional. Second thing that we see in order to be the friend that we need to be is that we've got to be open. Like, we really need to begin to be open, right? I'm talking again with our true friends, the ones that love us all the time, the ones that have our back, the ones that are good for us. We've got to be open, transparent, right? Drop the mask, not your not your mouth and nose covering mask, like the fake mask, right? Got to clarify. Take down that mask. Be honest. Be vulnerable. James 
gives us these powerful words in James chapter 5, verse 16. He says, confess your sins to each other. That seems intimidating right there. Seems scary. We're not to confess our sins just to God, but we're to confess our sins to each other and pray for each other so that we may be healed. The unfortunate thing is that the church today and many Christians have created a space where that is terrifying, where it's intimidating and they're fearful to share, be open and honest about their struggles. And it should not be that. This should be the safe place. This should be the place where you can come and lay it all out in front and say, this is where I need help. This is where I'm struggling. This is where I screwed up. With no shame, no guilt cast upon them, only love to encourage them, speak the truth to them, but guide them and lead them into a relationship with Jesus and then let Holy Spirit radically change them from the inside out. This should be that safe space, but we've, we've not done that as an as a American church. We've not done a great job of that, and we've got to change that because we are told right here in James to confess your sins to one another because there is power in being open, being honest. Again, think about how different your life would be. Like, think of how much stress, weight, burden would be removed if, man, if you met routinely with a group of people, your inner circle, that were all striving after the same thing, both in life and spiritually, and, and you could just come to them and you could say, you know what, man, I, I'm really struggling with my stress level. And because I'm struggling with my stress level, man, I'm angry all the time. And I come home from work and I get so frustrated and I snap at my family and I'm just mad over nothing. Like nothing. It's minor. But I'm losing it, man. Like, just being honest with them. Man, I'm struggling with this addiction. Like, straight up, I'm struggling with this addiction. I'm struggling with this sin in my life. I keep failing at this. And what if we could honestly do that? I can tell you right now from personal experience, when I verbally confess something to another human, man, it feels like the weight of the world comes off my shoulders. I have walked through life at times carrying so much guilt and so much shame from the sin in my life that I never told anybody. And I just lugged it around and I was miserable. But when I could confess that not only just to God but also to other people, I was set free. Because there's power in being open. You see, the reality is, is that you might impress people with your strengths, right? You might impress people with your highlight reel on social media or your successes, your, your, your job description with all your wins, not your description, but your resume, with all your wins. You might impress people, but you only truly connect with people through your weaknesses because that's the common thread that ties us all together is our weaknesses. Every single one of us have different gifts, skill sets, talents. We're going to win in different areas. Mike can sing like crazy. If I came up here to sing, bad news, not a win for anybody. Trust me. But we have a common, a common thread that ties us together. And it's our weaknesses. It's that we struggle. 
We're not perfect. That we're in need of help. We're in need of a savior. That's our, our thing that ties us together. It's our weakness that connects us. It's our weakness that builds the bond and strengthens us as people. True connection comes with being vulnerable and transparent and being open. When we drop that online fake personality, highlight reels, when we let go of that and we get real with the people in our inner circle, our true friends, there's power in that. And typically what happens, from my own experience, and I'm sure you've experienced this as well, when you finally build up the courage and you say, hey, here's what's going on in my life. Here's where I'm struggling. Here's my addiction. Here's my weakness. Here's where I get angry and I don't know why. Typically the response is, dang, man, me too. Oh, I feel you on that. I've been there, been there, done that. How many of y'all actually broke down and shared something with someone and they're like, yeah, I feel you. I've been there. Yeah. Because it's the thread that ties us together. None of us are perfect. So we've got to stop acting like we are. We've got to stop carrying around like no one else has a problem in their life and I'm afraid to share it with them. No, we need to be open with the right people. People that want to speak life. Your true friends. And this is one of the reasons why it's so important to choose the right friends. This is the kind of friend that we need to be to others. We need to be present, physically and emotionally, and we need to be open. And it will change the game. I promise you it will. If you want to see your future, seriously, just take a, a look at your close friends. And I don't say that to be shaming, judgmental, or anything like that. Just take a, take a look at your inner circle. Friends, right? The right friends. They have the ability and the power to push you in either the right direction or the wrong direction. You see, God created us. And he created you as a relational being. Not to live in isolation. Not to be alone. But to be relational. Therefore, you thrive in healthy complete, good relationships. You thrive, most importantly, with a relationship with Jesus, first and foremost, but also in relationship with people. So your friends matter. And the good news is this, is that no matter where you're at or how you feel or if you started to make that list and you're thinking through it and you honestly say, you know what, I can't even write down one single true friend, it's okay. Honestly, that's where 25% of Americans are right now. Honestly, that's what studies show. 25% of Americans say, I don't really have one trusted friend. And if that's where you're at today, the good news is that God can and will bring the right people into your life at the right time. But the reality is, is that it's not going to happen by accident. It's not going to happen by chance. You have to pay attention. You have to be looking for the right people. And you have to be a good friend. And that starts 
right, with being present and being open. Let's focus on being that kind of friend this week. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you. Thank you so much for loving us. We thank you for dying for us. We thank you for the fact that no matter what happens in our lives, that we always have you, that you're there for us. You promise to never leave us nor forsake us. Jesus, we're so thankful for that. And as we begin this series and we begin to talk about the importance of friends in our lives, Lord, may we first and foremost make sure that we're connected to you. that we receive the greatest privilege of all time is to call you friend, and the fact that you call us friend, and that you love us, and that you're there for us, and we could be eternally connected in a relationship with you. But Jesus, may we also be super intentional about our closest friends, intentional about our inner, inner circle to make sure that we have the right people around us, that are building us up, encouraging us, encouraging us to be the best versions of ourselves, the, the version that you created us to be, that's pushing us into relationship with you. And may we equally be that kind of friend. Jesus, we thank you. Friendship. We thank you for loving us. As we continue today, whenever you're watching in a spirit of prayer, maybe, maybe you're here and you've never stepped over that line of faith. But you don't have that personal relationship with Jesus. If that's you, just understand that no matter what you've seen how you've been treated maybe by the church or by other Christians or whatever. Just understand that God loves you. He loves you right where you're at. Good, bad, and the ugly. He loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for you. To take on your guilt and your shame so that you could be set free. No longer under the weight of sin and shame. He took that upon himself. So that you could be made right before the Father greatest gift ever grace the scripture says in Romans 10 9 that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God rose him from the grave that you'll be saved that very moment you become a new creation old things have passed away the sin the screw-ups all that done over all things have become new under Jesus so if you're ready to step over that line of faith, just call out to him wherever you're at, whether you're watching online or you're here with us in person. Just call out to him how he leads. It's not about the words and the prayer that you say. It's about your heart connecting with him. It's about believing that he is the son of God, that he died and rose again for you, and that you are flawed and you're not perfect, right? That you're in need of a savior and that he is that savior. So you just trust in him. Just however he leads, you can call out to him. And scripture says you'll be saved. But maybe you're here or watching online and you've, you are a Christ follower. But man, you, your inner circle is less than stellar. 
Or maybe your inner circle is phenomenal. You're the weak link in it. Begin to allow him to speak to you. Show you what you need to do as a friend. Help him to open your eyes to who you have allowed access into your life. Who's speaking into your life and what they're speaking. And as difficult as it may be, be sensitive to what he's saying. Pay attention. He's going to lead you in the right direction. Might result in tough decisions, uncomfortable decisions. But your friends matter. Friends are powerful. May we choose our friends and choose them wisely. Jesus, again, we love you and we thank you. Lord, I pray that you would be with each person that's with us today here in person and online, that you would just bless them, that you would speak truth over them. Lord, maybe it has nothing to do with anything that was said today. Lord, I love that. I pray that you would just speak exactly what it is they need to hear. May we be intentional about our friends. May we ourselves be phenomenal friends to those that need the people that you've called us to reach and to love, to be present and to be open. Jesus, we love you and we thank you. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you.
as we continue on with our tithes and our offerings here at LifePoint Church, there's a few different ways that you can give. Um, you can give here in person on your way out. Um, there's a basket right out the table, right out the doors and some envelopes. Um, if you want, you can drop it in there. Um, if you fill out an envelope, grab a pen that's in the little jar, and when you're done, drop it in the basket. That way, no one's double using the pen and keep it nice and sanitary. Um, also, you can use text to give. Um, if you text the amount that you want to give to the number 84321, um, it's, we'll have a quick setup process the very first time. After that, it's pretty quick and simple, so you can do that. Or you can go to our website, um, lpc502.com, top right-hand corner, is an online giving button. Click it, it takes you to a safe and secure place where you can give. Um, but however you choose to give, we're just thankful that you're on mission and just giving back a portion of what it is that God has blessed you with. Um, and we're committed to taking and using that to reach as many people with the good news of Jesus as we possibly can, loving people, loving our community the best that we can. So thank you so much for being a part of that. Um, also, if this is your first time here and you want to fill out a, a connection card, um, we have digital connection cards. If you'll text the number or the word connect to the number 502-236-9446, um, it'll send you a link to fill out a digital connection card. Uh, that'll get you set up with us to communicate. We just want to get to know you a little bit better, um, and you get to know us. It's a win-win. So uh, if you do that, that'd be great. Um, if you have any other questions, I'm here for it. Um, I'll be staying out here. You can hit us up online. So we love you guys. Thank you all so much for being here, being a part of LifePoint Church, and uh, being present with us today. Um, make sure you come back next week as we talk about the one friend that might change it all. So um, make sure you're here for that. Bring a friend or two or tell them to watch online. It'll be awesome. So again, Mike, love you, man. Thank you for being here. And um, we will see you all next Sunday for Mother's Day. So we'll see you then. Don't forget about that. All right. Thank you all so much. Grace, sing his chorus with me. Here we go. This is amazing. For being here with us once again for LifePoint Online. If this is your first time here with us, thank you all so much for being here and hanging out with us and checking out LifePoint Church. If you'd like more information or if you have any questions, you can either drop a comment below or you can visit us on our website or any of our social media platforms. And if you have questions, just go ahead and ask and someone from our team will get back with you as soon as we possibly can. Also, if you want to continue to worship um, with your tithes and your offerings, or if you just simply want to give to LifePoint Church, you can head over to our website, it's lpc502.com. In the top right-hand corner is an online giving button. If you click it, it takes you to a safe and secure place where you can give. You can also begin to text to give by texting the amount that you want to give to the number 84321. But however you choose to give, we're just so thankful and humbled by the fact that you're on mission and that you're giving back just a portion of what it is that God has blessed you with. Again, thank you all so much for being here with us today. We hope that you'll join us in connecting and doing life online throughout the week. And until next Sunday, 